0: I would like to thank Reverend Altrup for inviting me to speak to you this morning. My name is Sharon Betts, and I am the director of the grace to go ministry, which is a ministry that was formed to be able to serve the needs and spirituality of families and their children who have special needs. We're going to um, be collaborating with your parish here at St. Stephen's in the initiation of this Children with Special Needs worship service, beginning on Saturday, October 14th, and will be from 3 to 4.30 PM and continuing monthly on the second of every month. Together, together, all of us, We will be offering a sensory, friendly family worship service that offers an inviting atmosphere which welcomes typically able and differently able youth and adults to come together in celebration of of our Christianity. And when I say together, I'm speaking of all of us in in the parish, all of us in the community, because in order for families that have children that have special needs, Normally, they probably wouldn't come in your doors. They probably won't come in because they fear that they might not be welcomed. And they worry about disturbing your worship. And they worry just about, probably for the most part, as to where God is in their lives. And so it's hard for them sometimes to be able to come to God and to ask Him for their help. Or, for his help, a grace to go service is designed to fulfill, like I mentioned, the spiritual needs of families and their children who have autism, ADHD, epilepsy, Down syndrome, sensory process d- disorder, global development delay, cerebral palsy, and any type of learning dis- of any type of learning challenge and we do this by means of, the go- of gospel learning activities such as craft making, music, and games, and this allows for noise and lots of moving about, kind of what really doesn't always happen on a Sunday service. I'd like to give you an idea of how important and how needed this type of ministry is, and I'd like you to envision this scenario with me. If it were possible to gather all the people with different abilities into one nation, that nation would number over 650 million women, men, and children. That nation would be the world's largest country after China and India. That nation would have the least access to education. That nation would have the highest unemployment rate in the world and be the poorest nation on earth. It would have the least access to any sort of transportation and it would be the least evangelized nation with the lowest proportion involved in a church. According to the National Organization on Disability, there are 54 million people in the United States with different abilities. That means one out of every five. Can you imagine? One out of every five. And we're not seeing them in our churches. Not all of them anyway, some, but not, not enough. So 80% of this group has no home, no church home to call their own. The necessity for special needs ministries and churches has never been greater. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're encouraged, in fact, we're required to love people. And as long as those people look like us, think like us, Talk like us, cheer for the same football team. <laughs> love, loving is easy, but when the people are different, the love everybody directive can be a bit harder to manage. Today I want to talk to you about loving people whom we're required to love, even if they're different than we are. People with different abilities need the love of God's people, too. People with different abilities were a major part of Jesus' ministry, recognizing his concern for them. People with different abilities flocked to him. He loved them. He touched them. He helped them. Individuals with different abilities were often recipients of our Lord's earthly ministry, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John report Jesus' interactions with people who were disabled with leprosy, blindness, mental illness, speech problems, deafness, and physical impairments. Jesus' great commission includes them as well, and the church, you and me, all of us, should reflect his concern. The Great Commission is accessible to everyone, even someone with a diagnosis that caused them, causes them to be differently abled. Jesus was sensitive to the families experiencing different abilities. Just like today, families can forever be changed by, special, by a special needs diagnosis. I'm gonna share a bit of my story, but trust me, this is not about me. But I'd like to let you know that how it began for me, was that my son sang in a chamber choir, and he went to Wales for a student exchange. And the hosting family that he was staying with um, invited me to dinner. I got to go along because one of the girls had diabetes, and I'm a nurse, so lucky me, I got to go to Wales for a few weeks. But anyhow, while I was there, I had dinner with this family, and the woman invited me to her church so that. You know, she she wanted me to see this ministry that she had there, and it was for adults with special needs. Now, I'm a crier, and I tell you what. <laughs> I was so moved. The Holy Spirit was so present there. A young man with with Down syndrome read a poem, and he was up there. He had his, his bow tie and his jacket on, and, you know, when he... He couldn't have been prouder than himself of himself to be there and share his words that he wrote himself about God. And then there was a young man who got up and sang, and I guess you could call it singing, but it was—it was pretty bad. <laughs> But he was loving it. He was, the, the smile on his face and all the other participants had banners and they were, you know, waving the banners as he was singing and the more they waved the banners, the louder he got and it just, that's when I started to cry because literally my heart was just filled with, with how much spirit and love that there was in that room. So that is where God planted the seed, and that was close to 15 years ago, not knowing where he was going to be leading me. And over the years, I've been a church school director for many years, and I've worked with the uh, the Emmaus community, which is for high school kids. And when the high school kids started asking me questions that I couldn't answer, and I, got, I just got tired of saying, I'll, "I'll get back to you on that." So I decided to take a couple of night, you know night courses online, uh, and, uh, and before I knew it, I earned a degree in religious studies because <laughs> I was so enthralled and so pulled into it, and then, like I said, don't ever, never say never." <laughs> but then I find myself moving on to seminary because I, I just know there's more out there. He's got a plan for me, but I don't know what it is. But I'm just going to be faithful. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep going. And during seminary, I got a job. I worked in the hospital. I worked in intensive care units for 25 years. And while in seminary, it got to be too much to do all of my studying, plus to be working You know, in such an um, active and high-intensity job that I went part-time. Well, I was doing full-time. You know how it is. <laughs> how many of you do full-time work and part-time part time pay? Um, but um, so what I did was I got a job for ch- that, that um, was to take care of children that have special needs in their homes. So I work for Pediatric Service Associates, and I help to take care of young children that have airway needs. And so, and I do, and I work nights, partly why I stumble a little bit, because I never get enough rest. But um, these families may help to make me quite aware of how, you know, what their lives were like. And it never dawned on me that it takes 45 minutes to get a a child that has some special needs into the car. Never mind the entire family after breakfast and everything else. Partly why they don't come to church for 10 o'clock, 8 or 10, because it's too difficult to be able to get them, you know, to be able to make it on time. So, this one mom said to me one day, she's crying, she started to cry, and so of course I start to cry too, because she said to me, I can't come to church, I need God so badly, but I can't, I, I'm a, I can't, My, her son has a trach, and she says to me, what would I do in the middle of a sermon if I have to turn a suction machine on and start making all this noise? She said, there's no way, but she goes, but I, that's the one thing I miss the most, is I miss my community and I miss the people. Well, a light bulb went on. <laughs> God, with his, you know, that story about, I and mean, he hits you over the head with a two-by-four. <laughs> I don't know if you know that one, but... Anyhow, it awakened me to, to the need that these families have and made me think you know, there's got to be a way. So I investigated and yes, the Episcopal Church um, did have some material for for being able to help families that had these kids. But I wanted to take it a little bit farther because of the fact that I knew how it was for these families. So I said, you know what? I'll, I'll bring the service to them because it would be easier for them. So the more churches that are available, and the more that there are in the area, less, you know, the less far that they have to drive, the easier it will be. And then to have them in the afternoons. And like here at St. Stephen's, it's going to be on a Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock, which gives them plenty of time to get their day together and to be able to, to make it and, you know, and have it become a once-a-month routine for them. So that's where Grace To Go got started. And so through the Episcopal Church, I received a grant and I purchased the trailer. And maybe if you came in, I don't know if you noticed, but um, by the South Hall along the, the grass wall there, uh, there's, the trailer is parked there. And I have a service this afternoon at three o'clock. <laughs> and I'll be, going to the, I'll be going there today. And what I do is I, I put together a curriculum that they can understand. It's a gospel. We do a gospel story, and we do activities. We have three different activities. They, the children get to choose what they want to do. And we, we have volunteers, that, volunteers that, that just come and help them to be able to, to color and to make arts and crafts and to learn the gospel at the same time, because each of these activities expands on the gospel story of that particular day. And what it is for, for them to also be able to come here is to have you be their spiritual companions. To have you be welcoming to them. They would love to be able to come to church and feel like they can, but they won't because they don't know you, they don't know anyone. So I ask you to come once a month. Just come and have coffee with the parents and mingle bring your children the more the merrier because when they'll begin to feel a part of your community and they'll be start to feel more welcome and it's just a good way to begin by inviting by inviting them in fact many of us were invited by someone to come to church (laughs) so that's how it starts and we should always remember that regardless of somebody's ability everyone absolutely everyone has a soul a person who is differently able is first and foremost a person and we need to respond first to the person and not to what makes them different i remember before before becoming working with these children that when i'd be say I'm at the mall or i'm walking somewhere and someone with it comes with a child towards me in their wheelchair i kind of don't know where to look. Is the, Do they want me to look at them? Do they want me to face away? I'm not always certain, so I can't imagine that everyone at some point or another is uncertain as to how how to respond. But with talking to them, they want you to say hello. But they want you to say hello to their child. <laughs> They want you to acknowledge that. They want you to acknowledge the child, and they want you to acknowledge them by even if it's just a smile. So don't um, don't change your path. Don't um, look away. Actually, go up and just say hi. How are you? And keep going. You don't have to strike up a conversation, but it makes them feel noticed. Makes them feel like you care about them. It truly is better to look at that person, and it is truly an awesome responsibility for us because we become our Lord. We are his hands, his eyes, his feet, and we need to treat people who are differently abled just as Jesus would treat them. Regardless of ability, everyone should be given the opportunity to be a part of the body of Christ, fellowship with God's people, and hope, the hope of heaven hospitality is a beautiful word in the christian community and having friends that share our faith is a source of encouragement furthermore most of us are a part of the church as i'd mentioned because someone invited us people with different abilities want affection acceptance and accomplishment our positive attitude toward them can help them. Seeing people with different abilities as valuable and worthy of our respect and time will help the friendship connection. The focus of our involvement in their spiritual being, a growing number of churches are opening their hearts and programs to people with different abilities and their families. Disability ministry is, a lo- is in a local congregation that is positive and it's a positive way to get involved. It's a positive way to do Christ's work. In special needs ministry, it's a ministry with and not to the person. When our friends with different abilities embrace the faith in Jesus, they become our brothers and sisters. They have God given gifts that can enrich our lives. And I could tell you that they don't even have some of the children I care for don't speak, but they don't have to their eyes speak to you and there's this one little boy that when he's happy his mouth opens bigger and wider than i've ever seen anybody that can and it just makes my heart smile whenever he smiles because i love to see him happy and being with other people helps to make them happy so find a person in your neighborhood or a family who is dealing with disability does anyone here know a child or a family that is dealing with with a different yeah <laughs> there are many of us do they come to church do they good good that's that's awesome but for those that don't let's open our doors let's open our doors let's have them come in have them feel like they're a part of your parish like they're a part of your home, Christ's home, Christ's body. If you're, you need to help them to be made to feel valuable, and so get involved with them, accept their gifts, and tell them about Jesus. Your friendship will make an eternal difference. Pass this information on if you know a child or family, and tell them that this is a loving, judgment-free worship style, and please inspire them to come. Come with them. Tell them you'll bring them. Tell them you'll help. Tell them you'll do whatever it is that you can to help them to learn and their children to learn about Christ and the gospel. And so with all of this, I hope to see you on the 14th and hopefully more second Tuesday, or second Saturdays of the month and we can begin to take Christ's gospel out to those that have special needs. Amen.